of the International Secret Police. Zero. and Clint, flying to Lake Tangrenor to rescue Marsha Winfield, have sighted the hut which holds her prisoner and have cut the motor of their plane preparatory to a silent, dead-stick landing. A rising sandstorm also helps to hide their descent from whomever might be guarding the hut. Clint is talking to Barney over shortwave radio when his voice suddenly ceases. Barney, in La Chaute Rings home, excitedly tries to get his partner back when he overhears a conversation over the set between the octopus and Quan Wu from which he learns that Wu is also flying to Tengrinor. In vain does Barney try to reach Clint to warn him, and has just about reached the limit of his endurance. Dunlap calling Barlow. Emergency. Dunlap calling Barlow. Emergency. Standing by. Come in. No, it's no use, fellas. I've been trying to raise him for 20 minutes, and I haven't had a peep back. Barney... You don't think that the octopus may have had something to do with Mr. Barlow's sudden silence? Not personal, Dawa. Judging by that shortwave talk we heard, he's still in his castle in the pass of the Iron Dagger. But one of his gangsters may have gotten to Clint. That's what I'm afraid of. Uh, he did not say enough to let us know exactly what he was doing or where he was. That's the rub, Chief Tipo. If he was still in the air, nothing much could happen to him up there. Maybe the sending apparatus just went fluid. But if they'd landed and then was talking... Uh, not so good. Uh, may I make a suggestion that may help your peace of mind, Mr. Dunlap? May you? I wish you could, Mr. Searing. But not knowing what's happening to Speed and Clint, and worse, not being able to do anything, help out in any way, nothing could help my peace of mind. Did it not occur to you that uh, Mr. Barlow may have fallen silent for a very good reason? Yeah, huh? Perhaps he knew the octopus was speaking over the shortwave radio. Perhaps he wanted to listen to him. Uh, sounds too good to be true, Mr. Searing. If that was his reason, he's had plenty of time since then to come back on the air and let me know everything's okay. That is true, honored male parent. Yes, thou art, my son. But it is also true that we can do nothing about the matter for the moment. I have learned that there is nothing that time will not solve. So if, if you will ask the servants to bring us tea and cakes, we shall compose ourselves here by this radio set and await further word from Speed and Mr. Barlow. Is your safety belt fastened, Speed? We'll land in a minute. This wind doesn't toss us back up a thousand feet. it crack us up in the teeth of a downdraft. Yeah, it's fastened, Clint. I never thought you'd be able to make a dead stick landing in this windstorm. I didn't either for a little while, but I think we've won. Hold tight now. I'm going to set her down. Okay. I'm ready. Wow. 
was kind of bumpy. Yeah. I thought we were going to nose up for a minute there. I slapped on the brakes a little too hard, I guess. But there's no way of judging in this sort of wind and on a strange landing field. Well, the main thing is we're down safely and didn't hurt the plane in any way. That's right. We're out of sight of the cabin, too, behind this hill. Just before we landed, I looked over there toward the lake. I could hardly see the hut and all this dust. Good. Then they never saw us. That's a cinch. But before we do anything else, I'd better talk to Barney. He's probably wondering what happened to me. Yeah. Maybe he's worried. <laughs> we'll soon find out. If he is, <laughs> be prepared for a bawling out. <laughs> okay. Barlow, calling Dunlap from flight station. Barlow, calling Dunlap. Standing by. Come in, please. Say, you big palooka. What's the idea of dodging off in the airwaves all of a sudden like that? What happened? Where are you? <laughs> Didn't I tell you, Speed? <laughs> What's that? Talk loud. Oh, I was just talking to Speed. I knew you'd ball us out for that. Well, it ain't funny, see? Here we all sit thinking maybe something terrible has happened to you and eating tea and cakes. What's that? Eating tea and cakes, huh? Yeah, I'll bet you were worried. Well, Mr. Searing said that was the best way to wait. Yes, I'm sorry, Barney. I knew we worried you there, but I had to get off the air and give all my attention to the plane. We've been bucking a 50-mile gale all the way, and we've just landed this minute. You don't know about Quan Wu, then? You didn't overhear the octopus talking to him over short wave? Huh? What's that? What do you mean? Quan Wu is flying to Tengrinor, too. Don't know why, but I'll bet it's for no good. Great, Scott. We'll have to step on it, then. I'll say so. Have you located the cabin that holds Marsha? I think so. We're behind a hill now, a short distance from the lake. We're going the rest of the way on foot. The dust storm that's raging here will protect in one way. If there are any guards, I don't think they'll be expecting visitors in this weather. Unless they're on the lookout for Quan Wu, be careful. Don't you worry. We will, Barney. I'll sign off now. I want to find Marsha, if possible, and take off before Wu arrives. Smart idea. Since there's only two of you against I don't know how many octopus gangsters... But talk to us again the minute you can. Okay, Barney. And don't worry about us. Flight station, signing off. Golly, I hope the octopus hasn't caught us over his shortwave set, Clint. He'll know just what we're trying to do if he's listened just now. I know, Steve, but Barney had to warn us. We had to talk plainly, too. No use trying to hide our whereabouts now. It's just a question of who gets to the cabin first. So come on, let's get started. We don't know when Wu will arrive. No, but it won't take him long, I bet. He'll fly here direct. Yes, well, got everything you need now? Yeah, I'm all ready, Clint. Let's go, then, and stay close to me. We all want to get separated in this storm. All right. Come I'm down. I'm going to lock her up. Don't want to take a chance on anyone getting inside and wrecking the control. Good idea. This hill protects the plane from the worst of the wind, too. Yeah. Well, all ready now. We'll run for it, Speed. And remember, stick close to me and drop on your face if you see anyone at the cabin. Okay. Let's go. Huh? We're running right into the wind. Save your breath. Tie your handkerchief over your mouth. No. Keep the dust out of your lungs. Yeah. We're almost there, Clint. Haven't seen a sign of anyone yet. I know. Keep behind me when we go in, Speed. Keep your gun ready. You bet. Okay. Now, follow me. Look. Marsha. Marsha Winfield. Is that really her? It is, Clint. Oh, Miss Marsha. We're so glad to find you. Clint, she's looking right at us, and still she doesn't seem to know us. Marsha. 
Marcia. She just sits there, staring at us. In Clint. Look, that fellow in the corner. Yes, he... Sleep, evidently. He looks enough like Marcia to be her... Speed, this must be her brother, Larry Winfield. Here, here, wake up. Wake up. Gee, looks like he's been knocked out, doesn't it? No, Speed. I think they're both under a deadening influence. Larry has had so much that he's unconscious. And Marcia, though awake, has no mind of her own. Gee, poor Miss Marcia. She's so thin, Clint. Look, her skin's been darkened and she's dressed to look like a Tibetan. Yes, in rags. Now the octopus will pay for this. Thank heaven we came in time. Listen, a plane. Juan Wu's arrived. We haven't got time to get both March and Larry out of here, speed without being seen. And they might be shot as well as us. What do we do then? Let's see. What does this ladder lead to? Some sort of a loft. We can hide up there until we see just how many we have to deal with. And that way we can get the drop on them. Well, we better get up there quick, Clint. That plane sounds like it's landing. Yes, I hope they didn't spot ours from the air. But if they did, we'll soon hear about it. Now, keep quiet and have your gun ready, Speed. And keep out of sight. Don't worry. I'd like to punch those fellas for what they've done to poor Miss Martha. All right, come on, come on. Up the ladder now. All right. Up you go. Yes. Come on. That's it. The wind always blow like the breath of the dragon that Tinganoas can have? No, but this ain't no health resort. It may not be a health resort, Spinters, but you are being well paid for your stay here. Yeah, money ain't everything. I used to think so, but... Well, I don't like this sort of racket, picking on this girl... Is it possible that you are suddenly developing a conscience, Spinters? You, a deserter from the United States Navy? Right, go ahead, rub it in. But believe me, I'd rather go back and face the music like that Barlow guy once told me to do than go on another job like this. Too late, Sinters. You can never leave the service of the octopus alive. Where are the others? Yeah, when we heard over shortwave you was flying here, they went hunting. We're low on supplies, need more meat. Since then, the wind came up. Maybe they got lost. No matter. There are enough of us to handle the girl and her brother. Marsha Winfield. Yeah, she don't hear I gave her and Larry a dose of the vapors of sleep every morning like the octopus wanted me to. At least they don't know what they're suffering. It appears that you gave Winfield an overdose. Maybe I did. You are more careful of the girl. Her brain sleeps, but to all appearances, she is awake. What do you care, so long as she don't make trouble and yell and scream? She comes to once in a while, but I can't stand her talking to me, so I put her under again. Have any strangers passed lately? Just one, a llama, about two weeks ago. He did not see Miss Winfield, of course. Yeah. What? Well, that don't mean nothing. I was out for a walk and he was here when I come back. She couldn't talk. She was under the influence of the vapors of sleep. How did you explain the situation? I told him I happened to fly up here and set down for directions. I found this Tibetan girl and her brother sick and I was trying to do what I could before leaving him. That was easy. Easy. He may not have believed. It is well I came when I did to destroy Marsha Winfield and her brother. You're going to give them the works? Yes. And I shall dispose of them in the middle of Lake Tanganoa. What was that sound? It sounded like it came from the loft. Come on, let's take a look. Mm-hmm. 